Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Kavanagh speaking, and welcome to yet another awesome episode of T43. Yay! I'm here with two brand new guests. They're awesome friends of mine from the Quidditch team, which should give you a hint as to what we're talking about today. All right, so the first <laughs> the first guest that I'm going to introduce is probably one of the most sarcastic, hilarious mother truckers I know. He's a ginge. Please welcome... <laughs> And he's a beater on the Quidditch team. So please, I'd love to give a warm welcome to Sam Kesselman. How are you doing, Sam? Uh, pretty good. How do you feel the... about your intro? Like, rated on a scale from 1 to 10? Uh, definitely a 5. Okay, what? You didn't even mention he's a captain. Oh, right. You're a captain as well. Oh, uh, it could, I feel like it could have gone with either more insults or, like, more praise, but you were kind of this weird middle <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. All right, and now for our next guest. He's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's a keeper and seeker on the team. Um, just such an awesome, wonderful person. I'd love to give a warm welcome to Mr. Tallboy over here, Jonathan Kogan. How you doing, Jonathan? Oh, I'm so happy. 10 out of 10 introduction. Hey, do you want me to redo yours, Sam? No, I'm fine. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. I could put in a new one after no, post-production. No, I really want to. Just... Just that one works. It's okay. satisfactory. <laughs> you're cool. You're cool. You're also amazing as well. So, okay. Now, are you ready to try some tea? Yeah. Let's All hope right. I don't burn myself. All right. So, the tea that we're going to be trying today is Wazowski's um, Imperial ooh, Earl Grey. So, I'm actually going to read the description for you guys, unless one of you wants to read it in a Russian accent or translate nope. it in Russian. Or nope. can I put. Ooh, okay. We have a contender over here. So, I'm actually I'm going to ask you to read this white blurb. Они сделали вот этот чай очень отлично последние 160 год, когда... Nah, I'm calling it. Okay. I'll just do it in English. Okay. Perfecting tea, blending for over 160 years. This is a classic take on a British legend. Actually, can you read it, like, sensually? Because that's how it's usually read on the show. All right, I got it. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Perfecting tea blend for over 160 years. This is our classic take on a British legend. A noble blend of our superior quality black teas perfectly infused with the light, balanced fragrance of alluring bergamot oil. Pretty good. It's probably bergamot. I think it's bergamot. <laughs> I was so close. I'm not an expert, but I think it's bergamot. Okay. It looks like it's bergamot. Okay, do you want to try reading it centrally, or are you good, Sam Kesselman? Oh, well, I mean, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everyone prepare your dicks. It's okay. about to get hard. <laughs> Perfecting tea, blending for over 160 years. It's our classic take on a British legend. A noble blend of our superior quality black teas, perfectly infused with the light, balanced fragrance of alluring bergamot oil. Imperial Earl Grey. That was amazing. Ten, oh. I, yeah, it was both great, but like the rasp. Okay, that was really good. All right, so I'm you ready to vocal fry in there? Yeah. yeah, vocal fry. I'm all for vocal fry. Do ready to try this bad boy? Let's do it. All right. So how about we describe the look of this tea for all the listeners at home? How would we describe this tea? Bloody delicious. Brown. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> 
Wait, really? The brown? No, I'd give it, I don't know. There's a hint of red in there for yeah. sure. That's why I said I bloody, because red. I, I mean, for I, my I, angle, I, it looks red, but maybe in, like the darkness. It's like a reddish shadow. brown. Um, <laughs> I love, there's like a sense of warmth to the colors. Um, smells really good. Yeah, sm oh, actually, no way. It's actually more subtle than I thought it would be. Like, like in terms of the floral Look at that notes, under the light. That looks red, right? That, that does look a wee bit red, yeah. I'm just going to take your guys' word for that. It do smell good, though. I like this. Yeah, that's hot. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what did you guys think of this of the tea as a whole? Like, what did you think of the taste? How? What notes would you do you think like it had? My tongue hurts. Oh no! <laughs> it's hot. Um, for me, it's actually a lot more subtle than I thought it would be. Usually, Earl Grey relies heavily on the floral notes, the floral scent, which in a way clouds your judgment in terms of how you taste it. So, I really appreciate the fact that it doesn't taste floral by any means. It's actually more subtle which I think is really, really cool. It's not riding on like that scent thing only. I'm gonna be real with the chief. Uh, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm probably pretty like Neanderthalic when it comes to deciphering the flavors of stuff. Oh good, uh, you're fine. It tastes like good black tea, so I'll give you that. Okay, cool, good black tea. That, okay, that's, that seems, that's like a high honor coming from you because you're like a black tea Person. fanatic, right? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna try saying saying something intelligent, but I'm not oh. sure if it'll actually sound intelligent. Oh, good, you're fine. From the previous experiences of drinking Earl Grey black tea, mm -hmm. this one has a stronger sense of actual black tea, where it sure. tastes more like Earl Grey than other Earl Greys with other things that are mixed in to distract from the taste itself. So you feel like it, it has much more of like... Do you feel like, so you feel like it tastes more like black tea or it has that more black tea essence than most Earl Greys? All right. To put it simply, this is the most black teaest black tea I've ever had. Wow. Okay. Or one of the, at least. Okay. I guess that's saying something. So if you were to go to Mother Russia, talk to some f tea farmers, what would you tell them? Um, come to America. It's better. Ooh, shoot. I, I, I don't think they grow tea in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, just trying like, to. I'm just trying. Oh, some okay. hypothetical tea farmers that I'm talking to in Russia. Okay, fine. All right, I'm they get them, them from India. They ship them, them over to Russia. It's <laughs> time to bring back the October Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so now that we've on that note, now that we've sipped the tea, we are going to be spilling the deets on Quidditch. So we're going to be talking about how we got into it, um, how we decided to, or rather how we got to embrace the roles that we've chosen for ourselves within the game. Uh, we're gonna be talking about gameplay, um, teams, all that jazz. So I guess the very first question that I have for both of you is, how did you get into Quidditch? Uh, so this is my fourth year on the team. I'm a captain this year now. Hey, that's what's uh, up. I don't know, I joined when I was a freshman. It was myself and Vanilla, the uh, one of the other there are three captains, Vanilla's my other captain. And uh, we had just met a couple weeks earlier uh, for the John J. McCauley orientation. Okay. And then we, I don't know, we've just been talking, just becoming friends. And we walked by during the community resource day, and they have a bunch of clubs set up. We walked by Samara Lugo, Chris Pinto, Kiro, they were all advertising the Quidditch team. Cool. And we kind of just decided, we're just like, hey, if you go, I'll go. Ooh. And we showed up for one thing. Showed up for one practice, and actually, so uh, you guys know from this year that we set you guys up with like a point of contact, and mm -hmm. my point of contact, my freshman year was Nick Vitale, and I was uh, 
I don't even know what Quidditch was. I'm not a big Harry Potter guy. Like, yeah. I read the books, but I don't really care about them. And I just wasn't sure what to bring. Mm-hmm. And I ended up texting him Friday night uh, with the practice on Sunday. I was just like, hey, do, do we need to bring our own brooms? <laughs> and the answer I got was very succinct. It was like, no, you definitely don't need to do that. But then a couple months later, I found out that he screenshotted that and sent it to everybody else on the team. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, as, as we were becoming closer friends, mm-hmm. we just fell in love with the team, too, and the atmosphere and the other people there. And we stuck with it. Cool. Nice. All right. Hey. So for me, funnily enough, in high school, I played a different lesser known sport, Ultimate Frisbee, which highly recommend anyone try out. Uh, but there was or is at the moment no uh, Ultimate Frisbee team at Macaulay or at Hunter College. So I saw that the Quidditch team has only existed for like, what, eight years? Uh, eight years since, about right? Yeah. Um, so since this team was still relatively new, uh, I asked, I think it was Ash, uh, who to talk to about starting a team, uh, presuming that like she knew someone who actually started the team. Mm-hmm. So from there, I was like, okay, I'll sign up for Quidditch. In, and then in the meantime, because I can only make a new team or club or whatever in my second semester and mm-hmm. I'm, and since i'm a freshman i'm only on my first yeah and so i figured i'd just have quidditch to keep me over for the first few months so i'd stay active and then when the time came i would actually make an ultimate team mm-hmm. and then i met you guys and it was freaking awesome and i got mm-hmm. to run around on a broom and like it felt like the closest thing to football without the like concussion and head trauma that was more permanent so far hmm. uh, and yeah i kind of just fell in love with the community i when i tell my uh friends about it it's i describe it as like a frat but better mm-hmm. in like many many ways that's accurate yeah i we, feel like uh, <laughs> yeah we we're the closest thing macaulay would have to a frat just because of you guys aren't on any of the other macaulay clubs right i was part of theater club for one semester okay yeah well all the clubs have like a very different mm-hmm. setup from us. They do a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. They don't meet as often as we do, and they don't usually foster that same sense of community that we really try to get across. For so, sure. Uh, yeah, we we just have a different atmosphere, and that atmosphere involves doing some frat-like stuff. You could say. No, for sure. Um, it's funny because that sense of community is what kind of that's very much that very much played a role in like me staying on the quidditch team well because here's the thing so freshman year i wasn't a part of the quidditch team i just joined this year my sophomore year um and i don't i probably told you guys the story but i'll just tell it for listeners that are tuning in right now um so what happened was that um jason nagurney who's on the quidditch team good old jason um was talking to my friend amanda who's now on the quidditch team and he was pretty much saying to her he was trying to convince her to go on the team and so i was kind of I was hanging out with Amanda at that time. This was at, like, the class of... What? It was you? It was? Jason was talking to the two of you, and then I was talking to the two of you. Oh, and no. And then I was trying to get Amanda's other friend, if you know him for... Oh. Yeah, I was like, hey, do you want to okay. come? And was a total... Can I curse? Yes. Oh, he was a total fucking bitch about it. He's like, nah, I don't want to go. But Amanda was just like, oh, I'll think about it. I was like, yeah. hey, like, Amanda, like, come on through. And yeah. then you offered... 
uh, you were just you did you did the me and vanilla thing. It was like you know if you go, I'll go, and then both of you showed up, and oh, now both of you because Amanda because Amanda, Amanda told it differently. She said that Jason was the one trying to convince her to join the team. Yeah, but and then I was she the one said, who, oh, like, sealed it. Then, you know, like Jason <laughs> Jason loosened the pickle jar, and I opened the pickle jar. Bruh, you know what I mean? You're stealing credit. And you're stealing the story. Just let she's, her be. She's giving the story to Jason. <laughs> Anyway, someone told us to join the Quidditch team. Someone. <laughs> and Amanda said, oh, I'll join if Hannah joins. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like, I'll join. And so that's kind of how that happened. Um, and initially, when I joined the Quidditch team, um, first of all, I did not realize the sport would be as intense as it was. I really had no idea. No, I, at first, I just thought it was like a lighthearted sport that was just really fun. But, and, but also, there's a, song, a strong sense of community, which kind of pulled me in but i don't know i didn't realize how full-on it's pretty much a contact sport did not realize there'd be tackling involved um but i don't know i'm meandering a wee bit i was going to ask you guys as well though so how because you know you're a keeper slash seeker now Mm -hmm. you're a beater i'm a beater how'd you guys like assume your roles like how did what what factors came into play there okay well so for the listeners at home i'm six foot four and so really (laughs) (laughs) all right i see how it is okay so i'm six foot four and one of the hoops the tallest hoop uh the bottom part of it it reaches six feet and so i'm like oh yeah i could reach the top of that easy so i just like boom just tip the top of it with my hand Mm -hmm. during practice and they're like yeah no he's the keeper he's definitely a keeper and i'm just like "Ooh, what's that and everyone was just like you play the role of a chaser like going on offense making cool passes and drives and stuff but you don't have to like run around on defense mm-hmm. and i'm just like so doing cool stuff and not running sounds good yeah <laughs> nice just for a brief overview of the roles mm-hmm. uh oh yeah we should go over that yeah, sorry chasers uh, ch- the chaser gameplay it's the most akin to something we find in any other sport basketball mm-hmm. soccer rugby stuff like that it's uh, there are three chasers and a fourth keeper who, on offense, basically acts as a fourth chaser. You pass the ball around a lot. You're looking for open shooting lanes or open driving lanes, and it's a very pass-heavy game. On defense, a lot of basketball, uh, a lot of man or zone defense. You're mm-hmm. marking up against a person that you got. You're trying to stop them from getting around. You're trying to stop them from scoring. And uh, all of Quidditch is full contact, so there is tackling. There are wraps that you get pushed around, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh Beaters is where Quidditch diverges from pretty much any other sport, or ignoring the brooms you gotta walk around with. And for beating, it's basically uh, there are four, there are four beaters in the game total, two for each team, and there are three what we call bludgers, which basically dodgeballs. Now you can't use these to score anything, but if a beater picks up a dodgeball and he throws it at another player, and that player, uh, and that player gets hit they are removed from the play. Mm-hmm. So they can't interact with the play again until they go back to their own set of hoops, tag up, and then they are allowed to interact with the play again. So it's a lot of strategic type stuff. It's a lot of uh, thinking on your feet, assessing the field, uh, making the correct beat, and yeah. And then for seeking, oh, keepers, they're the fourth chaser on offense. On defense, they have some extra rules where they can use to defend the hoops themselves a little bit better. But functionally speaking, they're just another taller chaser. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Seekers, you very much. Uh, Thank you. If you're familiar with Harry Potter, if you're not, 
There's a golden snitch in Harry Potter that flies around. When you catch it, you automatically win the game. You get awarded 150 points or something. And uh, for the actual real-life game of Quidditch, we changed that around a bit. And it ends the game, but it awards the catching team 30 points. So if it ties, then you're going into overtime and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And instead of having a little flying magic ball, we have a sock with a tennis ball in it. And that's Velcroed onto these pair of shorts. Now, these pair of shorts are then worn by typically the biggest person that we could find who is the least afraid of throwing people around. That's who we call the snitch. And the mm -hmm. snitch is another referee. The snitch is totally unbiased, and the seekers are basically trying to rip that tennis ball off their belt. Nice. So what attracted you to, like, what attracted you to the beating life? Did, did you just see a dodgeball and you're like, I guess I, I get to hit people? Great. I just want to clarify, for the past two years, <laughs> I've been trying to be a utility player. Just nobody oh. lets me do it. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. If I could chase, I would. And the problem isn't that I'm bad at chasing, it's that I got to beat. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh, I did not know that. And okay. also, I don't mean to brag, I kind of got a 100% catch rate for Ooh, the snitch. Okay. It's It was two times against games that didn't matter. But it's that also 100%. still counts no. or something. But for beating uh, Christian, who at, at the time when I joined the team, he was still a member of the team, and now he, but he was still doing the same stuff he does now, and now he's a coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was practicing around, and I tried to chase him, tried to beating, and I, I just like beating. And I, Christian saw something that he could, some dumb blob that he could mold into something a little bit better, and he decided <laughs> to work with me. And then I Don't call beating. yourself a dumb blob. You're you're not dumb. You're not a blob either. But <laughs> don't dog yourself. Um, I would say, yeah, it's for me, it's oddly enough, what attracted me to beating was how aggressive it was. I, there's very few times that I get to be like as aggressive as I am when beating. So I don't know, just th that combined with the fact that I get to throw a dodgeball around. I was just like, all right, bet. That's cool. Um, how long did it take for you to guys for you guys to feel comfortable in your positions? Like how long did it take you to adjust? I'll let you know when I adjust. Really? You're still adjusting? I, you're always learning. You're always like, learning? It's just, for beaters, it, what matters a lot is who you're going up against and their yeah. strategies. And since a lot of the time at like the most important tournaments, regionals, nationals, you're playing against teams you've never played against before, yeah. you're always learning, you're always adapting. Fair. I mean, I guess it's... I was surprised when you said, oh, you know, I'm still not comfortable with my position. Like, that was kind of surprising to me just because you seem so comfortable on pitch, like, to me. Um, cause for me, I don't know. I feel like I'm very, uh, I'm very hard on myself anyway, and kind of super self-critical. And so a lot of times I'll nitpick every little thing that I do. So I feel like I'm still not super comfortable. Well, I'm, I'm comfortable enough where I could play at a, at a normal rate and it's like fine, but I'm not, I'm not comfortable enough to be like, oh, I'm great, whatever. Cause I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things. The trick for beaters is to not think. When just beating, do you just do okay but also don't listen to me and definitely like uh, wait you, how come i shouldn't listen to you? you you compare the my beating style against say ashes who is the third captain who's also a beater captain along yeah with me. Ash awesome. plays a very thinking woman's game mm -hmm. and i play a very not thinking game right who's there different stuff hmm all right do you, do you feel like you feel the same way or um well I've only started seeking as of the last tournament, so that I'm nowhere near comfortable with. And you caught it, th but you caught it though. You caught the snitch. That's pretty I awesome. I caught the snitch. It's true. It's yeah, nice. you did. All right, thank you. I appreciate the praise, but I caught a snitch on like a five five hundred forty pound uh, looking dude. Still something. I don't, like what, what number did you say just now? 
140? It was oh, the it was small a guy. Small dude, yeah. yeah, it was a very yeah. small dude, and I am not. So I feel like it invalidates it a little bit. But I'll take hmm. the win. I'll take okay. It. So yeah, I'm still not very adjusted to the seeking life, but mm -hmm. as a keeper, it's very cool to have that position of like, okay, I'm going to carry this ball. I'm going to be a part of this play. I'm going yeah. to like be a part of the charge forward. And I feel like there are certain highlight plays that make me feel like, yes, this is the part for me. Mm -hmm. The first one that comes to mind, it was in one of the earlier tournaments where I was just like drawing all of the attention to myself. And I just saw Lila standing mm -hmm. like two feet away from the hoops. So I just like faked a move and sent a pass straight to her and she scored it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, this is why I stay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I like, I like the talk of passing to her chasers. Yeah. That's some good talk for me. No, for sure. Okay, but that's mostly because, like, Danny and Aaron just play very different from me. For those who obviously don't know, Danny is the veteran keeper, and Aaron is another rookie keeper. Mm -hmm. So, for the past however many years, it's mostly just been Danny keeping, and he's just been, like, carrying. And now there's two more of us. And so, Aaron has taken uh, to Danny's style a little bit, which... They yeah. both really love driving in and just being big men that go through. I am more... Too bad Aaron's a small, wimpy boy. Aww. Oh my god, no. Okay, but I am less drive-in through people, more mm -hmm. like, I see someone about to tackle me, I will get as close as I can, and then just hand it off and hope that my team can carry for me while I recover from being on the ground. Fair. I mean, if it works for you, like, everyone has their own method. Um, it's worked yeah. a little bit, but... I still okay. need to... You also learn how to get hit pretty soon. Yeah, it's taken a little while. Yeah. So, the one that I wanted to address was okay. the one that was uh, this other weekend when I just straight up tackled a guy. Because, mm. as I mentioned, I am tall, but I am a beanstalk. I will topple if I am wrapped or pushed. Slenderman-like. Yes, very Slenderman. Is it better to be Slenderman-like or Kesselman-like? Kesselman-like. All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I use that. I, I've used that before. Fair enough. All right. So, what ended up happening was there was the, I think it was the Nocturnes player who was like, roughly my height and bigger than me. We'll just say bigger. And so he was charging at me with a quaffle in hand, and I'm just like every other time I have attempted to just like go arm only, just swiping at it, and it never works because they just plow through me. Mm -hmm. So in this moment, I was just not thinking to go for the ball, and my brain was just like, okay, we are going to stop this man somehow, and mm -hmm. hopefully we don't get hurt in the process. Mm -hmm. And so my plan was just jump, spread myself out as much as possible, and hope we don't get hurt. And so I closed my eyes, I made contact, and then I opened them, and he was on the ground. And everyone told me I did a good job. And I have no clue what I did. This is your wow. description, I also have no clue what you did. I also, also don't I'm know. I'm really questioning your understanding of what a tackle is. Yeah, everyone said At I no tackled point him. Do you jump in a tackle? Except I just jumped, I just landed sort of on him ish or into him, and he was on the ground, and. I just went for the ball, and then eventually we got scored on. But at least I acted physically, and Ash and other captains told me I did well. I'm happy that you acted physically. Yeah, I'm learning. It's new thing for me. I've never really played a contact sport. For sure, for sure. I still have yet to tackle someone on pitch, like in an official tournament. You have still. gotten a double beat, though. Hmm? I know. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it'll oh happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. I mean, you did get a double beat. That's already making good progress. I suppose. But still, I want to be more physical. Okay, do you explain what that means? Are you saying double beat or both beat? Uh, double? Oh, so you just... The ball, the ball is live. Uh, when a beater throws a ball and it hits another player, like take, the ball is live and it hits another player, and that mm -hmm. player is knocked out. Now the ball is still live, which means if it hits other players on the other team, then they will also be knocked out, and the ball becomes dead when it hits the ground. Mm -hmm. So in a in a double beat situation, you throw the ball at your, you hit a player on the other team, and they're knocked out, and it bounces off the player and hits another player on the other team. And they oh, I did, not do a, I did not do a double oh. beat. Then what Jonathan means is a both beat situation. So a lot beat. of time in what we call beater duels or beater battles, mm -hmm. uh, two beaters are going against each other. Maybe both of them have bludgers, maybe, both of them, uh, maybe one of them does, whatever. In a both beat situation, both of them have bludgers, both of them throw it at each other at the same time, and they hit each other at the same time, making both of them beat, and they both run back to their... Is that oh, still not what you're talking that's about? That's not what I did. So here's what happened. So the keeper was getting... <laughs> I'm a keeper uh, slash keeper, seeker. I don't know this The keeper terminology. was getting tackled by this point chaser. Okay. I, I beat him out. Okay. And then I turned around and I saw this girl was like harassing you relentlessly. This like short beater. And then okay. I beat her out. So I just beat two people in a row. That's yeah, so I did. That, that would just be beating that, two that, people in a row. That's just beating two people in a row. So you got two in a row. That's right. <laughs> I'm trying here. Sam's like, really that's, Sam's like child's play. <laughs> I'm not a beater. I don't know terms. What is like... What is like... Uh, what was that? Blow it up. I have no clue what blow it up means. You just it, hit as many chasers as possible. That's you it? You beat everyone. You and beat everybody. The, it's ideally the point chaser or the wing chaser is ready and available and also like playing aggressively enough that when you finally beat the person... The ball carrier, which would be the person carrying the ball for the volleyball, the scoring ball. So the beaters will blow it up, beat every chaser in the other team, and the qualifier one up on the ground. Ideally, either our point chaser, which is our like main mm -hmm. defending chaser, or the wing chaser is ready to sprint up, grab that ball, and drive all the way down to the hoops to score. Right. I was going to ask, so, okay, this is kind of more towards you, because I guess we kind of know what our first matches were like, uh, but what was your first match like? Like, how did you feel playing on the field? I'm a lot like you in the sense that I nitpick a lot of what I do. Oh, okay. But what's easier is for my very first match is that mm -hmm. I didn't know what a nitpick because I didn't know anything yet, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. my first match would have been the same as yours, uh, the round-robin tournament that we have. Yeah, that's right. And just got stuck out there, told to go play, and I did it. And I probably messed a lot of stuff up, honestly, at this point. I don't remember anything that goes on, on uh, tournament days. So, uh, <laughs> probably went really bad. <laughs> I didn't even think... For like the all rookie team, I'm yeah. pretty sure I wasn't the first string beater, so who knows? I suppose. Wow, I didn't. Hmm. I thought you would have remembered that for some reason. I don't know. Like first, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really I don't matter. Remember anything from tournament days? Oh, yeah. huh. Until you mentioned it, I forgot about the rookie tournament. I thought the tournament that we had in New Jersey was our first tournament. <laughs> I mean, it, I was also in New Jersey. Okay, so. yes, but like it was Rutgers. It's like a more legit New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, why do you gotta come out New Jersey like that? I have nothing against New Jersey. I just Except for New Jersey part Except of for New Jersey part of New no. Jersey. And also because we're listening to New Jersey right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, New Jersey Devils. That's right. Um, I forgot about that. Ooh, breaking um, the fourth wall. Ooh. So, okay. We do not sponsor thinking... the New Jersey Devils no. or vice versa. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, I was going to say, so more to, on the cultural aspect of Quidditch, what are some common misconceptions that you've heard? 
rather be from friends like explaining what quidditch is like what are what what questions do you get asked uh the first thing i hear a lot is yeah but what about the broom and oh. honestly like the broom like i thought the same thing you you get over it real quick like <laughs> maybe 20 30 minutes of running around with it and you kind of just already get a feel for you like get an understanding of how to move with it and yeah. honestly it's a very like quick adjustment now the only issue is for most dudes is uh the oh. full contact part of the sport I, i've definitely limped my way off the pitch a couple of times because uh room went up in a in the wrong way oh oh no yeah. <laughs> thanks for the heads up bro <laughs> i'll be wary of that next time yeah jason where's the cup ah that's a very good point i should that's that smart. might be a good investment Okay. <laughs> no, um, it's funny because for me, whenever I say, oh, I'm playing Quidditch or I'm on the Quidditch team, people are like, Hannah, you freaking nerd. You yeah, nerd. <laughs> They're like, you're into a sport that was invented from, like, that was invented in Harry Potter books. Hannah, like, what are you doing? That kind of thing. Um, and I don't know. I guess I just brush it off and I'm like, no, it, it is a legit sport established in 2005 in Middlebury College. Thank you very much. Um, but no there's that it's funny my friend claudia was recently grilling me for she's like hannah you're such a nerd you're on the quidditch team and you're doing this murder mystery night thing and you're playing a role you are larping <laughs> and i was like no she was mind like, yeah. blown <laughs> mind blown um oh yeah but i was gonna ask you jonathan so when you talk to your friends about quidditch what are their reactions are they just like what the hell is this kind what el- what the hell is this sport or like all right as i mentioned before I am tall, so me playing any sport is like, oh, okay. Oh, really? Even Quidditch? Because the only people who really question me about it are my parents, because they don't know what Harry Potter is, and they're just like, what? Oh, interesting. So I'm just like, it's rugby, but also on brooms, and kind of different. They don't care as long as I study, so it's fine. Oh, I see. And then everyone else, like, within my friend group, they already know about Quidditch, Right. So, so, when they found out about it, it was from other people who were on Quidditch at the time. Right. So, like, Raph was already in the friend group, and he, like, right. talked to everyone about it already. So, they were like, okay, we know what this is. And then, out, I haven't really gotten to introduce Quidditch to people outside that friend group. Right, fair. So, when I go for my high school reunion, then <laughs> I'll, like, I'll give you an update. <laughs> So here's how everything goes for me, because you have some nerdy friends, dude. What the hell? Like, my friends just roasted me straight for weeks. Really? My fourth year now, and every other roast about me when we're roasting each other is still about Quidditch. But, but, uh, my boy was visiting his girl, my boy Eddie was visiting his girl over at mm-hmm. Rutgers uh, last year. Yeah. While we had a tournament, I was like, hey, like, literally stop by and watch some of the game. Yeah. And he, he walked away impressed. Now... Like, there's a caveat of that. Like, a dude's a soccer player. It really doesn't take much physical play to impress him. Know what I mean? Oh, shoot. But, uh... Ah, uh, I see why you, like, trash Aaron so much. He's also a soccer player. But, yeah, no. I still, <laughs> I, I still get roasted most of the time uh, for my yeah. punch. And my parents, uh... My mom doesn't like it. Mom doesn't like it at all. Really? Like, she's watched videos, and she's seen me come home injured from tournaments. <laughs> like, she really doesn't like that. Wow. Interesting. Was she, was she, is she ever like, oh, you got to stop playing that darn Quidditch? She keeps no? asking me when I'm going to stop. Wow. That's surprising. Okay. Huh. Hearing you say that, it makes me realize 
My parents don't realize that this is a lot like football, but without the padding. And I just hope they never find out. <laughs> well, if they don't tune into this episode, they won't. But I don't know. <laughs> they don't know what SoundCloud is. They're okay. never going to bother. <laughs> Fair. They're going to um, think it has something to do with the cloud. Yeah. No, honestly, my mom's pretty accepting with the Quidditch thing. Like, she's like, oh, it's cool that you've made a bunch of new friends from it. It's cool that you're having fun. You're being active. That's cool. The only thing is that she struggles to say it. Really? Um, yeah. She's like, what is it called? Uh, Kidditch? <laughs> Quidditch? To be fair, there is Kidditch. Kid- <laughs> Wait, really? Uh, yeah, there's... Oh, for kids. There's Quidditch, yeah, specifically set up for kids younger than 16 or 18, I think. Oh, and okay. we have actually hosted some, like, birthday parties where we taught Kidditch to... Like, the kids that showed up. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Also at, like, a uh, school one time. Nice. That's so hype. Okay, that I did not know. Um, no, I know she struggles to say it, and then her friends get confused. Like, what? The... My mom's like, that's sport from Harry Potter? I don't... Yeah. So that's a thing. Um, so overall, she's pretty supportive of that. But a lot of times, my friends will kind of compare Quidditch to a cult, because ever since I joined it, I've mainly been hanging out with Quidditch people. And so that has been... It's hard to balance that life. It's for the better. It's for the better. It is is kind of for the better to be. Yeah, it is for the better. But I don't know. Yeah, I was talking to I was talking to my friend Dylan. um, Shout out to Dylan about Quidditch. Well, about like the team or whatever. And he was like, yeah, you know, kind of getting cultist vibes. Like, but how do you how do you explain? How do you kind of explain away that notion of like, oh, it's a cult or oh, it's a frat? Or do you just are you just like, yeah, I know. I, I kind of lean into the Freddy part of it. You do? Okay. Right. I'm not. So we've, we've had some players on the, on the team. Seniors, actually, graduated my year. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, then Nick would have been the year after, who like were actual members of frats in addition to being members of the Quidditch team. Right. And just some of the culture that's carried over, right? Like, it just, that's just part of, that's, part of that is now part of our makeup. Some parts of it we got rid of, but like, there's still a little bit of that vibe going on, and like, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. Like, no, neither we're, do we're I. Very, we're a very accepting team. We're a very mm-hmm. accepting community. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask. So, is there have you? Is there any obstacles that you've encountered like so far on your Quidditch journeys, or any challenges that you faced that made you think, oh, should I quit or not really? Um, I'll start with this one because as okay. a freshman, I'm still adjusting to life away from home. Right, and so. Being in Brooklyn and at like two in the afternoon and having a test the next day and being like, I am exhausted and I have no energy to do anything other than sleep. And then still being like, okay, let's go to a diner. Yeah. yeah. It's like the FOMO is so much stronger than my will to succeed. Oh, <laughs> and so I mean, you balance it. You're fine. Yeah, like, I'm doing fine in school. I'm not failing by any means. I'm, like, I'm not excelling, per se, but, like, I'm getting by. And I'm very happy with my choices thus far, where it's, like, Quidditch is not detrimenting from my outside life, Mm -hmm. but it's just a part of it, and I'm happy with it. But there's also more time that I could be devoting to schoolwork. Yeah. And I'm just choosing not to, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I think part of what Jonathan is referring to here is not so much us playing the sport as so much as us choosing to hang out with each other outside of our practice. That's true. That is a common, yeah. So uh, what I can say to that is I've been on the team for my, hmm? it's my fourth year now. Bank account. So uh, it's my fourth year on the team now. And 
This year, I would say the team is a lot closer together overall. Mm-hmm. So, like, throughout my four years on the team, like, I made some incredibly close friends uh, that are pretty much kind of family that I love, like, are ridiculous amount. But there's always, at some points during the my history on the team, like, the team has been a little bit more clicky or leaning a bit more to there being some clear separations in who was friends with who and, you know, stuff like that, which is just, like, makes sense for any group of people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this this year now is very different just because of how much closer just everyone is, in my opinion. So, uh, I don't know. You should probably ask Ash about that. Tell you the truth, I didn't really notice the clicks because, like, hmm. I, don't, I don't really pick up on that stuff my freshman year. Like, other people explained it to me after, and then I was just, yeah. like, putting all the pieces together. Like, oh, like, that actually makes a lot of sense, but... Because I really there's, there's been that change. Yeah, no, because I really didn't get that sense at all until Lorraine told me. She's like, "Yeah, I used to be kind of separated when I was a freshman." And I was like, "Oh, I did not know that was a thing." Um, but I guess in terms of, I guess honestly, I'm on the same boat with Jonathan in terms of like balancing schoolwork and Quidditch life and social life. Um, especially because there is that FOMO, and a lot of times, a lot of times I'll try, I'll do both. Like I will do the schoolwork. I will hang out with Quidditch people, but then I don't. I get like three hours of sleep. But it's like that's the price I pay, and I'm I'm cool with that. But it's just a matter of balancing that out sometimes. I'm gonna start kicking you guys out so that you can go do homework. And then... <laughs> no, don't kick me. Do not. Isn't this my room? Shouldn't I be kicking you out? Well, I mean, just like in general, no. of Quidditch spaces. No. You guys are getting, little, <laughs> getting cut up in there, which is really, really great. But wow. you, gotta, you still gotta like balance your school. Now I regret your saying anything. Like that. Same, <laughs> you don't even know. I have an essay due tomorrow. <laughs> like I still need to edit the. Would well, you even want to? I'm a senior. I gotta do my capstone. I have an annotated bib to do tomorrow. <laughs> I have like eight sources. I need fifty to twenty. Like, bro, I am behind on shit. Thanks for coming. Then I did not know that was due for you oh, tomorrow. Okay. Um. Oh, I was gonna it's ask. Like Friday at midnight. Who cares? I, I realize. Oh, do Friday. Okay, yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah, you no, will. I don't care. I realize. I forgot to ask you. Yeah. So, how. You're captain now. Yeah. How did that happen? How are you feeling about obta- how, about asserting this role? Like, how did that come about for you? Uh, I've been wanting to be a captain since my sophomore year. Okay. Uh, I ran. Uh, I ran. So, at the end of every year, mm-hmm. we. You run for elections for the new positions. Right. Uh, this is pretty much this after nationals after pretty much the quarter season is over. We have one final night and uh, final final is the wrong word, but we have like one night and that's that's the night where we do awards uh, mm-hmm. or earned over the course of the year, and we do the elections. We're just running for the new one. So at the end of my sophomore year, I was like, uh, being in my sophomore year, I was like, yeah, I want to be captain of this team, and I uh, I ran I didn't run for captain at the end of my sophomore year because I thought I still. Uh, we need more experience, uh, and then I ran at the end of my sophomore year for my junior year. I didn't win, and then uh, we had an interesting thing happen in my junior year, in the beginning where we had the three captains who, unfortunately, due to personal reasons, uh, all simultaneously uh, decided to resign from captaincy, mm-hmm. captaincy after uh, regionals, mm-hmm. which is another thing we could do in that we could have a thing happening in the middle after the fall semester is over. For if whatever happens, whoever new needs to be elected, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I also ran then, and also didn't win. And I don't know. I just love the team. I just wanted to give back to it. So I ran again, and thankfully, uh, the team elected me that time, the last time. 
Hey, and, thankfully, yeah. nice. No, uh, you're you're a pretty awesome captain. So I'm I'm glad you're. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad it's, you're heading the fort on that one. It's a lot. It's a lot to balance just because. Well, for starters, the beater community is a little bit different. I'm mostly a beater captain, though I try to mm -hmm. do as much as with the, with the Make him utility. Um, <laughs> beater community is a little different just because beater, there are so fewer of us, mm -hmm. and veteran beaters have so much more say and like uh, opinions in how all the beaters together are operating. Right. So it's a little bit different than, than the chaser captains would be dealing with the chasers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot what I was gonna go with that. No, all good. You're fine. Um, is it all that? Is it? Is it what oh, you oh, kind of? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but being a captain now, I'm much more involved in, because I would always be involved just talking about like beater strategies in general, or just like right. oh, like what should we be working on, stuff like that. And but now, like I'm so much more involved in just the general running of the team. Uh, I give input for chaser lines. I give input to Vanilla, who's the leader captain the chasers mm -hmm. uh, alvin who is the primary chaser coach uh giving them input we have captain meetings we try to do every week we're planning practice stuff like that and that's stuff that i never never did mm -hmm. uh as just like a veteran player who was involved in helping the team so it's it's a lot and i put a lot of time towards it but it's because i love my family oh that's cute Oh, <laughs> well, we're happy to be a part of the family. So, um, yeah. um, do you feel like people sometimes forget how much work it is or sometimes downplay the role a little bit? Like, have you encountered that or not really? I, I, I wouldn't say it's like forgetting or downplaying. It just, you don't, you don't know how much it is until you are the captain. Go do it. So like, why would I blame someone for not knowing? Right. It's just like, I suppose. Yeah. That's a fair, that's a fair point. Um, but I was I was going to say so. Do you see yourself? Do you see yourselves pe playing Quidditch like after college with the way things are going? You want to answer that first, Johnny? Um. So, I've been playing for like two ish months yeah, now. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a lot enough time to. So but. I'm. I see myself playing at least until the end of my senior year. Mm -hmm. But after that, I'm like gonna go devote my life to like whatever oh. I'm doing at the time because that's cool. Uh, heads up for future me if I ever listen to this again. Hopefully I become a doctor and uh, my plan is to go to yeah. med school. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see if that pans out. Mm -hmm. But I really would rather just at that point in my life, I think I'm going to want to devote all my time to focusing on becoming a doctor and accomplishing my dream and like uh, having outside hobbies take up less of my time and energy and just focusing on what I feel is most important. Fair. That's but understandable. I'm definitely going to keep up with this for the next, like, three... I'll say four years, because mm -hmm. this is, year has barely begun, really. True. So, yeah, yeah, I look forward to it. Nice. I like Quidditch. Quidditch is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've known for, like, at least two and a half years now that, like... So they're college teams and they're community, team, uh, community mm -hmm. teams. We are a college team, and so there's a lot of player turnover every year. Players graduate, new players come in. That's a recruiting pool. Yeah. And then there are community teams, which is typically players that have been playing that have played for college teams and have decided for whatever reason to keep it going. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, like, the next step usually after you, if you are interested in continuing your Quidditch career, is you start playing for the community teams, and you train, you practice, and ideally, if you're good enough, you... You can play over the summer for MLQ, Major League Quidditch, which is mm -hmm. like uh, city-based teams that do the tournaments. And there's uh, 
there's also a national or uh, an international tournament stuff like that you can represent team usa and stuff like that Ooh. and no um, <laughs> no not for you there's the only reason i play i like quidditch which is fun mm-hmm. i play it because i love the people that i play it with oh. i play because i like winning i play because i'm competitive mm-hmm. but the only people I want to play it with is macaulay mm. and there's a community team nocturns that's run by that uh christian our coach is heavily involved in that has a bunch of former macaulay players that i'm very close to mike sue amanda and if for whatever reason they asked me to show up i'd probably if i was available i'd probably show up mm-hmm. but otherwise like i'm more or less done with quidditch after after i graduate fair how does it feel to like close that chapter in your life or like think about that i mean i'm still gonna take the people and the people are going to care about more okay fair point that's cool um for me no, I, I i definitely see myself like i said it's the community there's i have a lot of friends in quidditch you guys are great um i see myself kind of Yay. yeah no i definitely see myself kind of sticking around for a while um but after the fact, I don't know. I'm kind of on the same boat in that route because I don't know where I'm going to be. And, al- and I also I want to go to grad school, like, abroad after this. Fancy. Hmm? Fancy. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think it's about time I got out of the city, too. So that's also part of it. And I feel like to be a part of a community team, you kind of have to be around. So, I don't know. Um, but I guess just to kind of... Hmm. Just a couple questions to kind of wrap it up a wee bit. Like, what would you tell someone that's on the fence about joining Quidditch? Like, what would you say to those people? Show up to practice. Just show up? <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you got a free Sunday, show up to or If you're a Macaulay player or a CUNY player and like, mm-hmm. you think about Macaulay, uh, yeah, show up to practice. Show up to two practices. It's there, There's a learning curve, right? Because mm-hmm. it's weird. And... I think there's a lot of appeal to all kinds of different people because there's appeal to the athletic competitive people that play sport or let me separate that. There's a lot of appeal, a lot of appeal to athletic people who may not otherwise have time for sport because we only practice once a week. So there's a lot to, uh, yeah. So it's, it's a way to like get that athletic outlet that a lot of people love Yeah. At, with less of a time commitment. And to tell you the truth, it is like you mentioned before, it's a very intense sport. Like, mm-hmm. It's it's very high intensity. It's a lot of sprinting, running back and forth. We played in shifts. It's full contact. Like, there's a lot to love for the people that love uh, that love being athletic, that love playing sports. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot still to love for the people who are not as athletically interested, who want to come for the community, uh, and who just want to show up for practices because they love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And we we have lots of players who exemplify one or the other. So, show up to practice. Yeah. Fair point. I'd say from my perspective, I got into it because Raph, a friend of mine, was like, okay, I want to bring you with me. And then from there, I met Jason, I met Lila, and then from there, I met everyone else. And it was just a wonderful experience because it's a new family for me. I mean, we're called the Ohana for a reason. Mm-hmm. That chant at the, right before our game is... I love I, that chant. <laughs> Can we, do, real good. Yes. can we do a sample chant? Into the microphone? The logistically, it's a little weird. <laughs> we could try it for the outtakes. I mean... I, it involves, it's going to involve screaming into the microphone. Out, like. ASMR chant? <laughs> oh. 
no don't don't start don't start don't start <laughs> but yeah uh, we definitely have like the best chant of we really do we do i freaking the, there, love there, our chat there are a couple teams who have like some really good chants like i think i think there's like a team called boom train that has a pretty funny chant but like we, we have a we have a top tier uh chant yeah because it's funny and it has a lot of heart yeah no Art, a lot of heart talent. yeah it was like a badge of honor when you let me lead the chant with you uh at the tournament the uh, last weekend that it was freaking adorable i was so happy you don't even know i'm doing a thing with it i'll explain it to you after uh okay cool Ooh. okay but also um, so yeah like the message to new people trying it out it's just like do you want to make friends go to a practice do you want to do something active go to a practice do you want to chat up with other harry potter nerds go to a practice yeah there's many reasons to come and you will find people who have similar interests or who just you just vibe with like mm-hmm. i'm fortunate enough that like i just <laughs> i've gotten to know most of the team at least somewhat well and i'm just very happy anytime i see any of them me too. It's just a wonderful feeling of like, oh look, a member of my family is here. Yay. <laughs> Same. No, I honestly I agree with bo- what Wish both I of you guys that said. Way about my own family. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I definitely I I side with you guys 100%. I mean, personally for me, like I'm not a very athletic person. Um, before my first practice, I didn't work out for like 3 months. Like, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, string beat, string beat arms. Um, no, but I guess, yeah, what brought me back was the community, that sense of friendship that I have with everyone. Like, that that's what keeps me coming back. I guess as well as, like, you know, physical exertion, but that's only, like, a sliver of it. Um, and I guess also, for just a, a final question, where would you, where do you, where do you see yourselves, like, without Quidditch? Like, where do you think you'd be today, like, right now? Um... I haven't been part of Quidditch that long. Fair, so that's hard to say. That's true. I feel like I would just have my friends at Brookdale, mm-hmm. and then that would mostly be it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have as large a friend group as I do, and I wouldn't have as many opportunities to go out and have fun as I do. And, like, even though I love my Brookdale gang, and they are amazing, and they are so cool, Ohana is on equal footing in terms of I'm happy to spend time with them mm-hmm. and it's just more options and also I have an outlet to play a sport that is also uncommon that I can do with friends and it's like oh I'm at home it's just a little change from ultimate mm-hmm. and it's, it just brings me joy at, that I potentially wouldn't have it's mm-hmm. a new opportunity for joy let's put it at that oh that's cute nice I honestly don't want to imagine Oh, good call. We love you, Sam. We love you so we much. We love you. Aww. Yeah, I kind of, I feel like I would, I would also just be hanging out with Brookdale people too, to be honest. But freshman year, um, hmm, I found that it was, I love all my Brookdale friends. They're all amazing. But I mainly hung, I mainly hung out with Macaulay and Hunter people only. Like I was not friends with people from other campuses. It just was not something I was really a part of. So it's actually really cool to get to know people from other campuses because i and now i feel like more of a macaulay student because i'm a part of this team because i know people from other campuses um so i don't know it just reminds me of like where i am and yeah so i don't know i just i find that part pretty cool i think it's um, unusual too because like yeah ash is also one of my closest friends and yeah like we went to italy together we studied abroad together 
So cool. And I probably, I definitely would have met her if mm-hmm. it wasn't for, uh, for and for us being on the team together. For sure. Yo, facts. Unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit back into acting because of Quidditch, because of the Macaulay murder, murder mystery. Murder mystery. All right, I'm gonna shout that out real quick because was it was fun. very fun. So, so because we love the theater club a lot. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to theater club for being goats because They're they awesome. were so cool. But basically, the Macaulay murder mystery event that we did was an event on. Uh, it was the other Friday where. We had the theater club, as well as myself and Hannah, dress up and act as different suspects in my murder. (laughs) (laughs) So I played a private investigator named Brennan Forsyth, who was murdered at Mm -hmm. some point during the And then after the murders, Samuel Kesselman just slapped him about in the face. (laughs) Yo. I I was checking his pulse. (laughs) And I also gave him a pillow to rest his head on. He's dead, Hannah. Okay, you also took my hand, squeezed my wrist a little bit as if you were checking my pulse, and then just smacked my fingers into my nose and face repeatedly while I was pretending to be a dead body. I was pointing out that you're like, oh man, I got into acting a little bit. You were dead for half the time. Is that acting? You were taking a nap. Playing dead is hard. I was, I was downstairs helping clean and stuff. Okay. <laughs> and also the time where I was living was actually fun because I got to hate everyone. And that's not a thing that I usually do. I usually love everyone because y'all are amazing. <laughs> y'all don't see Sam is smiling so much Aww, right now. It's adorable. It's so cute. It's so I'm just cute. thinking about when I yelled at you to get the chairs out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. While I was in character, he just screamed at me to help him as if I was Jonathan Cogan. And I'm like, bruh. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm Brennan. Did you or did you not take the chairs out? I did. I actually did. Wow, you broke character? Shit. No, I stayed. Sorry. I stayed (laughs) in character for the thing. Like, oh, so you Gosh damn, this youngin', you're gonna owe me some money for my labor. I work my ass off 12 hours a day and seven days a week working as a private investigator. The southern accent is brand new and did not (laughs) feature at the uh, Mystery Night. Yes, because I cannot do an accent for over a minute. All good. (laughs) Also, that was southern? That was definitely. You went, I'm gonna what? get my ass. All right, I guess I'm southern it. now. Yeah. Great. What did you right. mean it for me? I don't know. I was just going with something. All right. Now, I guess on that note, Sam, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. This I had a I had the best time. This was awesome. Thanks for giving me tea. Yeah. No. No problem. Uh, I'm my glad you. Feels so much better after that. Nice. That's good. That's good. All right. So this is tea for three, where we sip the tea and spill the deets. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye.